0: Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human
1: flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're going to need a bigger boat. Be my
0: victim. You are all my children now. I have to pivot into the ring or else... I, I will stay on Michael Myers all day, but this isn't a Michael Myers episode. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I know. This is a good good uh, good segue, though, because Samara or Sadako is another thing where there's not really a rhyme and reason for why you happen to be the victim. You just, you saw the tape. Now it's your time.
0: <laughs> you are so right. Oh, my goodness. If And this is going to be a, a really nerdy of me, but if we could find a way to connect Samara to jaws i'm going to freak out that would make me so happy <laughs> that I'll, that's I'll, I'll sit on
1: that, i'll sit on that thought
0: I... <laughs> that'll be a challenge I'm sure
1: there's a way to do it
0: because for me i think jaws and michael are so similar um i know i just said we'll move on from jaws and michael but i'm like there's so many similarities they both have black eyes the devil's eyes like a doll's eyes <laughs> and they both eat dogs true <laughs> true oh that's always a sad part in both movies in both movies too and it's like anyways if we could bring samara into this unholy trinity it might be one of my favorite trios
1: (laughs) i mean water is one good connecting,
0: connecting thing,
1: but um but thematically i'll try to i'll try to think of something to, to connect them there's there I'm sure there's something there's something
0: they all kind of represent kind of like a manifestation of death right
1: yeah I guess not a lot of thoughts but yeah about like this whole ghost ghost girl stuff especially being like a Japanese like horror movie but yeah no yeah definitely there's like not not really anything you can do to stop it right um, I mean I know like at the end of the movie, like the thing is that you like copy the tape and then it like skips you. And then like that person has to copy the tape and stuff like that. But other than that, there's there's not like a rhyme or reason, especially for like why you happen to be the victim. It's just, you just, oops, I watched the tape.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make a little stretch right here and feel free to judge me if it's a bad stretch. I feel like in the late 70s, early 80s, there's kind of a sense in these slasher films where it's like, and I think Scream puts it better than I do. You drank, you did drugs, you did the sex, gotta die. You know, like I think Friday the yep. 13th is the clear portrayer of that mindset. But I think Kevin the Woods says it in like, you have to sin or else you can't be punished. Mm. And Watching that videotape is the summoning. It's kind of like the the puzzle box from Hellraiser. You don't have to put that VHS in the machine.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting watching the different versions of like either Ringu or the ring and like hearing it's like with the cold open, um, Mm -hmm. like the girls talking about like how they viewed it or or even, um, even from what I know about like the book, um, how they come across the tape and like stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's like similar to the movie. Cause it's like a niece or nephew, like how the main character gets it, but like how, like the, you know, like I said, in the cold open, like the way they describe, like coming across, it's like, they were like trying to tape a football game or, or something like that. But like, it didn't, there was something wrong with the tape and then they watch it and it's, this thing so it's like they had they did not consent at all to even watching the tape but now they're being punished for watching the tape or I guess not necessarily punished Mm -hmm. if you consider like I guess like the background of Sadako or Samara it's not necessarily I guess kind of a punishment but but yeah but it's just interesting because it's like to the point where like they didn't even really consent to what they're watching and but now they're suffering the consequences of it.
0: Right. It's so interesting. I've not seen the Japanese one in a little bit. I'd say I saw it about a year, like a year and a half ago, I think. I was surprised how similar it was to the American version, or I guess the Amer- how similar the American version was to the Japanese.
1: Yeah, they're actually really similar. And I think that's what I like, a- like the reason I like both of them is because the things that are the the thing, the reason you're watching the movie, the, the like main plot point, like there's so much of that. That's like not really changed other than I guess some of the backstory and like how she died and stuff like that. But a lot of the main, like the skeleton, the main skeleton of this film is not changed. Um, but right. they change everything else around it because a lot of, it's just like tone.
0: They feel completely like if, different.
1: If, yeah. And like, Uh, the director, Hideo Nakata, like, if you've watched, um, like, one of any of his, like, the only other film I've watched from him has, like, very similar tone, very similar visually, um, a lot of the same, like, concepts and themes, too, so I think, like, you know, they didn't want to just make, remake it, but in English, you know, they wanted to have their own, I guess, spin, and I think also like where horror was at the time there's a lot of visual mm-hmm. stuff like Japanese horror a lot of the time um at least in this like subgenre, has a very specific tone um the way they built tension um and stuff like that whereas like horror here especially at that time was very much like our the the horror of it all is a little more visual than the Japanese one but but like, that's okay. I like that they can have their own identities. And when I, when people say they like one or the other, I I always hear them like uh, premise that with like, that's not to say that I don't like the other one or that the other one's not good. It's just like that they have a preference. And I think that's really awesome because a lot of times with remakes, it's like, oh well, the remake sucks or the original, you know, like there's always like more of a stigma around remakes um because of like quality or or something like that whereas like this one happens to be like that I see almost unanimously like people like both of them they just have a preference for one or something like that it's it's kind of it's really interesting
0: oh yeah for sure and like for me my preference is the American version because that's the one I grew up with so I have a nostalgic connection also Naomi Watts is a queen and I love her
1: I love her so much
0: and like and she's great in that I just rot re the original not the I keep saying the original because it's the original to me <laughs> but I the American I yeah, remake all the sequels and stuff but yeah <laughs> but it's a remake and I'm like it's not the original <laughs> but the American version I just love it so much where was I, I think going maybe if she
1: wasn't the lead I think that's a big thing too I think she's just so great that yeah um she really adds that to the film I, and so sometimes I wonder if it would be as good if it was someone else because she just gives such a good performance um I just love the vibes too like I don't know if you've seen those um little like filter keychains people have like little twilight filters Oh uh, no <laughs> um, we like you like They'll, like, put it over, like, the lens of their camera. They're, like, fun little keychain memorabilia things, but, like, if you look through them, everything's, like, kind of blue, like, in Twilight. And as someone who's not, like a twilight fan i would like to have one of those but it says like the ring on it so it's like you put you put like through it and everything has like a bluish green tint like this movie has i just I love that because add- it's supposed to be like in the PW and stuff and i know it's like kind of yeah. corny when you watch some movies like wrong turn i think and stuff like that it has like a really yellow or hills have ice so it's like one of those like has a really mm. yellow tint and then like saw has kind of like a grayish blue tint like there's something about like these early 2000s films but i just like i think it's fun that everyone was like let's just stylize our movie with this tint i don't know
0: well it was new at the time and that was like the big early to mid 2000s trend i think what's the name it's a coen brothers um oh brother we're out where art thou i think that film kind of kicked off that trend because it had like that sepia tone Mm, mm -hmm. and i think the ring came very shortly after I think the matrix kind of helped with that because the matrix is a very green and that's 99 these films are like oh yeah we can use a single color to kind of convey the tone for the entire film and that's why like the ring is really blue and I think a lot of horror Mm -hmm. movies copied that um like Saw Mm
1: -hmm. you
0: mentioned Saw that's like a great pick because you're absolutely right and it saw might be the biggest, most influential film of that decade, at least in horror.
1: Yeah, definitely. It just makes it feel so bleak. And I think it thematic, I think it fits with this movie really well, where like some other movies, I guess it's more like like a, an aesthetic thing. But this movie, mm-hmm. like being, you know, she died in a well. And this movie is wet and damp yeah. and like sad so I think, like, it just adds so much to the atmosphere. That's one thing I really like about the Japanese uh, movie, though, and, and a lot of other one of my favorites, like um, like Dark Water and, like, Pulse, um, The Grudge, is that they also have that vibe, but that's just kind of, like, the vibes. It's not, like, yeah. a, a colored, like, tint. Like, everything is just so gray and bleak. And sad feeling which is just something i love so much about those movies and it, it adds to like the tone it adds to like the way the tension builds like a lot of the horror is so much more subtle mm-hmm. like i love the ring but i definitely prefer sadako to samara whereas like the movies themselves like interchangeable but i love the visual characterization and like backstory of the Japanese one versus the American because she's a lot more like visually horrifying in the American one like at the end the end when she kills Noah she has her face is all like creepy and and she's like yeah which makes sense but it's Mm. like it's kind of one of those things where a lot of American remakes of movies have to show you why something's scary whereas like Sadako is just like pale like you can you can tell her fingers look a little odd it might just be a you know a lack of good practical effects but like her hands you could tell they maybe have been like waterlogged but it's not like so visually like striking other than like all of her fingernails are missing and bloody because she had been like trying to crawl out of the of the well um but other than that she's just like in white which obviously I think um just has a lot to do with spiritualism and like the personification of ghosts in like Japanese culture as a whole so I think like visually a lot of the things visually about the film are very much just tied to Japanese culture So because like when they're adapting it to the American one, like that might not translate so well. So then they had to kind of take some of those liberties to visually change the character. So it's one of those things where it's like, I still prefer the Japanese one, but I understand why it's different when you're trying to adapt something that is very just like soaked in Japanese culture. Obviously those things aren't gonna totally translate to like an American
0: audience. Right. Or even translate to American filmmaking sensibilities.
1: Yeah, because like, you know, like like the idea, like the what we think of as like ghosts and stuff. When you look when you look into like yures in like Japanese culture or like like what would translate to like ghosts or something like that, they are typically and are always visually represented as pale um long drooping black hair like white dress like that's very much just part of how ghosts look in art Mm -hmm. and in like that culture and like not at all specific to the ring like at all i think that's something really interesting like you haven't seen the grudge but like the grudge obviously looks very similar because it's like just about like the way they conceptualize like ghosts and like, or like spirits, souls, and stuff like that. So I think that's what's really interesting about Sadako's character.
0: Quick aside, because as you're starting to tell, I bet I love my asides. <laughs> Me too. You <laughs> you mentioned that Predator was like that movie where you've seen stuff from it. So even though you've never seen it, it's always been around. So you kind of, you you know the vibes, but you've mm-hmm. never seen it. That's how I am with The Grudge. I need to watch it but I know the vibes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure everyone kind of knows yeah. the look and also the sound she makes and and stuff like that. It's a very it's very and, prominent uh, especially cuz we also have like a remake of that one too. So that, like those with our those horror queen vibes.
0: <laughs> uh Sarah Michelle Gellar, a horror queen. I know she's yes, in the American version.
1: Yes, I I really like that movie too. Also, it's really interesting because the it's the same director, both the Japanese and American version.
0: That's um, cool. The,
1: yeah, same director. So I think um, that lends a lot to the film because I, I think like style and stuff like that, it's just different like effects wise. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why I like the american grudge movie more um growing up with it it was a movie i watched pretty young because it was accessible just like the ring and like some of the scares and stuff are a little more scary with our effects and budget and stuff like that but but like thematically and like some of the subtle moments in the japanese one are very very effective but yeah that's that's another movie like Very, I don't want to say interchangeable, but like interesting because the same director did both of them. So obviously they have a lot of the same same things going on there.
0: It's interesting because that doesn't happen very often where filmmaker not from America remakes her film, the American version.
1: Yeah, Uh, very, very not common. I think they did ask the director of Let the Right One In um, to do let me in that love the chloe grace moretz like yeah. vampire movie i think they had asked him um, but he was like just turn on subtitles why would <laughs> i remake my movie you know which right. i respect and i love because it's like true it's just like just turn on some subtitles like like s- mr bong Junho ho said people limit themselves because of the little block at the bottom of the screen. But, but yeah, it's an interesting choice. Like I don't really know too much about why I think I, you know, have heard some stuff like just wanting to be able to do execute it with like, I think maybe like a bigger budget and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Not a very, I don't imagine too many directors you would even like that idea. Well, I like just watch, just watch what I already made.
0: (laughs) I don't I don't think there's a wrong answer to it, because I think there is a benefit. One, it's very rare the opportunity even presents itself. Right.
1: Yeah. To even be asked or to even be considered.
0: And I think a filmmaker could probably be like, I'd much rather people watch the version already made. But, you know, if they're asking me to do it and I say no, they might not ask like, I might not get another chance to break into the foreign market. And I feel like I know he did.
1: um, Yeah, like make more movies back in Japan afterwards. But yeah, I think, you know, plus, you know, if it's a movie you care about, I can only speak for myself. But maybe, you know, like knowing that if I say no, they're going to ask someone else to do it. Like, I'm going to be upset if I don't like it, you know, like, I'd rather like, keep my hands in everything you know like if this is going to be associated everyone's going to know it's a remake of my movie I might as well like put my paws all over it you know
0: (laughs) right so I I don't think there's a wrong answer to that question it all depends on how the filmmaker wants to go about it but I think I think the only people that have done that is the director of the grudge we just said his name because he directed the Japanese ring and the second one and then the second american oh, yeah.
1: ring he, yeah it, that was yeah interesting that he did the ring to the us version and that yeah hideo nakata
0: and then very i can only think of funny that. games
1: yeah true yeah i haven't seen the american one yet but i want to
0: i think I heard it's good but i think i seen the, the american one only it was in college and it was very bleak and i don't oh, yeah want to watch it again but i kind of want to watch it again isn't naomi
1: watson that one too yeah
0: my queen Um, love her horror queen (laughs) and she was in king kong the peter jackson peter jackson you know is a horror icon she
1: was she
0: was i got a soft spot for my boy king kong as you know Mm -hmm. i like my monsters king kong a big monster Mm-hmm. but he's a nice boy
1: he is a nice boy he's misunderstood
0: exactly She's also
1: in mulholland drive and i'm i love me some lynch so naomi watts just has it all she's unsung horror queen
0: she it, she needs to do more horror i i need to see her in another if she wants to <laughs> i know that's true
1: i always talk about like oh we should have this person do this and all that and then i'm like has anyone ever asked them Yes, they want to do
0: it. (laughs) Right. Like, I keep wanting to, like, tweet. I want to see Spielberg's triumphant return to horror. And then Mm. I have to. And I never tweet that because I think to myself, that's that's Steven motherfucking Spielberg. If he wanted to make another horror picture, he would have done it. (laughs) He would
1: have done it. Yeah, that's funny. No, yeah, I am listening to your Nightmare on Elm Street episode or. Freddy Krueger episode and mm-hmm. y'all were talking about different ideas you had for um how to bring back the franchise I you know I love that the idea y'all had about um maybe kind of maybe being in the midwest or something kind of like a black phone vibe and I was like dude I'm about to tweet I'm about <laughs> to tweet him right now like the um forgot his name already the guy did did a black phone or tweet the writer uh or oh um Cargill. Like, i need you I, yeah i was gonna be like yeah, see robert cargill can you get on this <laughs> 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 but i was like no 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 <laughs> don't do that <laughs> but i but yeah just sometimes i'm like come on can we can we get them to do it but then i'm like i don't know maybe they didn't want to do it
0: well i'm i'm still in the camp that i do it i i just got to make a couple films before i'm ready for a Freddy movie that's a daunting True. yeah it's
1: a so it is quite a daunting task. Yeah. And I was like, like in the car listening to that. It? I was thinking about all the people or possible people I could think could even be a candidate for Freddy, you know, if we don't
0: have, you know, our
1: boy, Robert. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. that's really hard to think, you know, like, but yeah, no, I thought that was really fun.
0: Well, the way I look at it is Freddy Krueger is immortal. Nightmare on Elm Street is immortal. So there will be more movies with or without me, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to have a shot to make one. I don't have to do it right. I don't have to make the next one. I just want to make (laughs) one. (laughs) True. And I will go watch it. A sequel.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like you said, there's always going to be more. There's always going to be more. Surprise. It's been so long since the last time, like since all the other big, big, um, you know, big icons of
0: four have gotten their resurgence. But like Freddy and Jason haven't, and it's like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, the big th- I
1: forgot about well, not forgot about Jason, but it's because I think about the re reboot. But that was so long ago. Like Freddy then, is
0: more recent because the Freddy reboot, our remake, was in 2010. Jason was in yeah, that was 20- like a year or 2009. two thousand nine. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think because I I was following like this fan film. Like someone did make a new Friday the Thirteenth movie, but it's like a fan film.
0: Oh is not it Never like, Hike Alone? You know, or or a different um, one? No,
1: it's um it's some it's something called like Jason something. I don't know. It's it was just some small I don't know how I even happened upon their social media. But yeah, it's like a it was just like a little indie film, not like a big release. So I think that's why yeah. my brain I think of Jason having a more recent moment. But you're right. Yeah, that that re- reboot was a requel, cool, if you will, was <laughs> quite a long time ago. I think I saw in theaters too, way too young. Oh, nice. It was like I my th- friend's older brother took us and I was like, oh, this is inappropriate. <laughs>
0: 2009, I believe would have been my first year in high school. So I wouldn't have gone, I didn't go and see the new Friday the 13th, but I did see yeah, so Paranormal I, Activity. In, ooh,
1: yeah, I was in eighth grade, I think, 2009. No, yes. Yeah, I started started freshman year of high school fall 2010.
0: I started yes fall 20 2008 because I'm class of 2012.
1: Mm, yeah, I'm in class of 2014. Yeah, so I was yeah I was like in eighth okay. grade when her older brother took us to see it. He took us to see My Bloody Valentine, the 3D one. Also, ooh, nice. So many movies. But yeah, but both of those movies were like. I mean, like I'm fine watching horror movies, but they were like, you know, inappropriate. You know, with all of the sex scenes and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is weird watching this with her older brother," but that's okay.
0: I uh, yeah, we're in the same we're in the same movie generation. I would say that explains why we have so many yeah, similar I think movie experiences. Movie
1: I saw in theaters. What is yeah, it? Yeah, like the first horror movie I saw in theaters where it was like. Um, just me going with my friends or something you know like um, I think it was Prom Night oh I want to say I want to say Prom Night the remake I think that was the first time because it's. I think it's PG-13 maybe I don't know but I think that's one of the first ones Um, because I saw like that and like the Uninvited and like the Unborn like all those movies came around around like 2008 and stuff so I saw all those movies without like a guardian and then later like saw insidious and like the conjuring and all that and the conjuring yeah i remember seeing like the prom night it was so scary in theaters oh my gosh no but insidious insidious is one still one of the scariest movie watching experiences i've ever had because like my first time watching it was in theaters when it came out so it was probably probably in ninth grade and oh it was just That jump scare, like that jump scare.
0: Darth Maul. I like
1: legit was like, I'm going to pee my pants right now. Like I. Yeah. 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 I like, I remember (laughs) gasping, like gasping for air so hard after like that. I was like, oh, my chest hurt. Like I had never been like jump scared that hard. I think obviously being in the movie theater and stuff like that. But yeah, that was such a, that was a toughie.
0: <laughs> there's a jump sc- Conjuring was ca- pretty scary too But, but oh, I yeah. just
1: remember what, what, There was the jump scare and the conjuring I don't remember what it was But I remember being like
0: oh my god Well, well I'm thinking of the witch Like on top of the cabinet
1: Oh yes Oh my god Yeah okay And then there's yeah, the I, For clapping some reason game. I like, blanked on <laughs> Yeah No but yeah when she jumps off That like wardrobe or like whatever that furniture oh, man that was so scary oh my gosh yeah those those jump scares really work like I'm not a huge fan of like cheap jump scares but those jump scares were like worth it oh those are not cheap got me. <laughs> especially in the movies yeah uh, yeah I hate like like the one um the one ring sequel I have seen is rings um I remember in theaters there's like a it's like just a a cut to a new scene mm-hmm. and like someone's just closing an umbrella and it was like the, sk- it was like such a loud, because it was like a jump cut to like a new scene. Someone's just closing an umbrella, like it has nothing to do with anything, but like the sound of the umbrella was so loud and made everyone jump. And I was like, that is the dumbest jump scare. I hate stuff like that. Like I, sometimes I like a fake out if yeah. a jump scare is a fake out. So technically it's not a payoff, But when it's just literally like a scene change, like it's not even like we weren't building up to anything. And then you faked us out or anything like that. It's literally just a loud noise for the sake of loud noise. It was so annoying. I don't remember anything else really about that, about that (laughs) ring sequel, other than like the guy from Big Bang Theories in it. And like, that's it. Oh, that's it.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen that one. I I couldn't tell you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know that's literally all I remember about it because it was so so frustrating <laughs> so I don't know if any of the other sequels are good but I just remember that's the only thing I remember is being very upset about the cheap jump scares in that sequel because that was another one I saw there too so it was like extra extra jumpy
0: which is a shame because the American ring has one of the greatest jump scares ever
1: I just I just watched it earlier today and I can't remember
0: well for me I probably shouldn't use such the greatest ever type type of rhetoric but I don't know I'm gonna use it I'll stand by it I'm thinking of the scene where Naomi Watts is I know the character's name is Rachel but that's my queen Naomi Watts she's <laughs> yeah talking to her sister at the funeral at her niece's funeral and she's like I saw her face, and it just flashes to the oh uh, uh, yes, the messed up corpse, and like it's so quick, but the image burns into your mind. And then when the head falls over, oh
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's a very good like yeah, that's a good a good scare in that one. And yeah, I like the way you the I like the way you said that like the the way the image burns into your mind because that's like exactly what kills them too is like the, oh, the yeah. like when they see her it's like her gaze that kills so it's like they in the Japanese one it's more of like a freeze frame thing that happens um whereas in this one like we see their faces all contorted and everything um there's not as much mm-hmm. of that like visual horror in the in the Japanese one but yeah it's like her gaze is the fear is like seared into you and then you die so i think that's i think that i think that's a testament to how effective that little scare is because it's kind of like they're doing exactly what the the movie within the movie is doing yeah which is really fun i think that's part of like the theme too there's a lot of japanese horror that's about technology and stuff like that there's like a lot of like techno fear so i think it's really interesting too that like there's all the horror of it is that there's this film that everyone's watching and then now we're all watching this film about these people so it's kind of like we are it's like kind of meta in a way where like we are the people watching this film and now we're gonna die
0: oh dang it I just watched it two days ago so I only have like five days now thanks for reminding me <laughs> um... No, yeah, but I,
1: I like I love I love the way that it's kind of like <laughs> But when movies kind of like make kind of like implicate you in in a way in their messaging, I think that's always a little fun.
0: And it makes you watch the video like you're not really looking at Naomi Watts reaction. I mean, they're there, but it like you see the images she's seen. We are bearing witness to it as well. And it's just like, oh, shit. But I think yeah, you're... I don't
1: know if you've seen uh, Incantation, the recent recent Taiwanese no. found footage film. It just dropped on Netflix like last week. Um, no, I have not. But it kind of has that that kind of um, message or theme to it where it's kind of, because it's like found footage, it's kind of like implicating the viewer in a way. Oh, cool. So I think that's a really great thing. And I think something about this film too, because like, like the time that we grew up, like Man, I remember being in, like, middle school and, like, just being on YouTube, like, (laughs) so, like, the idea that you can, like, like, you know those, like, jump scare videos and stuff that you would watch, like, on YouTube and stuff? Like, something about this film, like, also brings, not just brings me back to remembering watching this film when I was younger, but brings me back to what it was like to be a youth, like, on this, like, very deep like media site, you know, being on YouTube and, you know, going into these holes on YouTube, finding these videos where it's like, oh, like cursed video or, or like real ghost caught on camera where like we were almost like trying to seek these videos like that would haunt us. So like this was really fun. That's something I really like about this movie is like it always brings me back to being like a young person, like trying to find videos on the internet that I shouldn't be watching because what if, what if I end up like the girls in this movie? You know, (laughs) I (laughs) I think that's a fun thing. Like I know it's on a VHS tape, but somehow Uh it really translates to like the way media and stuff was like, like disseminated for our generation.
0: Well, the thing with Samara, which I think you're getting at is uh, she's viral. You don't die if you pass it along. Mm -hmm. And that's what the internet, especially at that, like I'm sure you remember like the chain emails. Where it's like pass this along, yeah. or else yeah. If you don't send this have... to ten
1: people, like you're gonna have bad luck for fifteen yeah. days. Something dumb like that,
0: <laughs> right? And that's that's what Samara is. Except it's really bad if you don't do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's fun. Really fun to think about. Yeah, I think it's really interesting the way the the fact that you have to reproduce the the tape, like make a copy of it for someone. I think that's a really interesting. Like concept for how to live mm-hmm. you know like how to have it like skip you in a way I think it's really interesting um my sister was watching it with me earlier and she kept being like wait I thought this was where the movie ends and then like wait I thought this was where the movie ends because you know <laughs> you think you think like oh they found her body and they know what happened to her like now someone knows and she can rest in peace you think that's like your little happy ending and then there's the little like gotcha moment where noah dies and then you're like oh right. it's over and then you're like oh wait she's like wait you got to reproduce it you know so like there, there kept being these moments where she was like wait i keep forgetting that the movie's not over yet because <laughs> it's just like an interesting premise like where a lot of other movies would just be like oh happy ending and then maybe a gotcha moment and like that's it but this one has like this whole other thing that's really essential i guess to like the plot you know
0: Right. It feels like you solve the mystery and then you get one more chapter or yeah, two more chapters. It's actually
1: really interesting in the book. Um, in the book, there's kind of like like when they're watching the video, mm-hmm. the end of the video had been taped over. So there's actually kind of like a point where in the video, it's like, okay, you're going to die in seven days unless and then it's like taped over. So it's kind of oh. interesting that like in the original media, there's like more to the tape, but it had, there was like a commercial or some something that someone had been taped over. Um, and then that's why they kind of have to like unravel the mystery. But yeah, so it's like kind of interesting, like in the source material, there's like more to the more to the tape. And then in this movie, there's like more to the movie at the end, you know? Um, that's but cool. I always thought that was interesting that they didn't include that, um like the way they change there's so much there's so many different things just from the the book to the film and then like even it's a little slight but from the first movie to the american one there's like Mm -hmm. lots of different like very nuanced changes but but at the same time like make a big difference in like the character mostly mostly in our little villain not villain (laughs) like sadako Samara like all of the changes are very like centered around like her story which makes it really interesting.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong because I'm trying to remember but Sadako she's kind of portrayed more as a tragic character right whereas Samara's kind of just evil. Yes
1: so that's something yeah I mean they like try to hint at it being a little tragic in a way in the American one um i mean i think it's it's a little like kind of fuzzy once you start actually seeing the like little recordings of her sessions and then obviously at the end the little boy is like wait you helped her you weren't supposed to do that you know there's like this she never um, sleeps (laughs) yeah they, they they make it a little like obviously it's like sad because she's like a child but they kind of paint it a little more like she was a little more inherently evil and like even the neighbors are like yeah well, once she was gone things got better you know but right. yeah in the Japanese one it's a little there's a little more backstory of surrounding her abilities and like why she was like othered in the first place um before her death you know um being like a technopathic I get like I mean her and her mom both had like visions um, mm-hmm. like part that's part of the tape in the original one is like just the word eruption because her or her mom like predicted the eruption of a volcano mm. and then there was all this stigma about like their abilities and like whether they are faking it and like all this stuff and, and then during like a demonstration of her mother's abilities Sadako injured or killed like one of the reporters or like viewers of like demonstration because he was like heckling a little bit like this is fake blah 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 you know um Mm -hmm. so she was like upset and then like that kind of created more stigma and then like her mom killed herself and then she was upset they like they killed her they threw her in the well but there was a lot more of this like anger and frustration from like her mom's death and like all this stuff and It was a lot more about, like, her abilities rather than, like, being inherently evil, which I think is something that kind of translates to from just ideas of spirits and, like, why you haunt and, like, different things like that where, because, like, kind of similar with Zhuan, she's not really, she's not just a ghost. She's, like, um, I don't really know how to say it, like, on where it's, like, a vengeful spirit and it's usually a wronged woman who dies in such extreme anger and fear that it like leave that her spirit is not just a spirit it's like it's out for vengeance but it's very much like tied to how you were wronged in life which is like kind of what the grudge is about too is like uh, okay like juan juan the grudge is like it like it starts the movie by stating like that they believe that if you're a person dies in such fear that they kind of like live on as a curse it's like something like that i forgot the exact but it's part of like shinto um like spiritualism like the idea that if you die in such a bad way that your spirit will not be just a spirit your spirit will be like a vengeful like capable of harm and and stuff like that. So there's a lot more there's a little more nuance in the Japanese one about like her death whereas we have a very like the villain is the villain, the hero is the hero. But yeah, and and actually the book is a lot more sad than that. In the book um kind of similar stuff having mm-hmm. the um this like telepathic these abilities um but there's like a doctor Um, I think she's like, her father has contracted something like tuberculosis, I don't know, something, something where she was visiting him in the hospital and stuff like that. And like the, the doctor actually like rapes and kills her.
0: Oh, Um, so
1: it's like a, it's a virtual like rape revenge. And so that's a very interesting part of like how sad her story really is and like us surrounding her death and but the time period that it was coming out like it's a lot more palatable to have a different kind of revenge story like I think um some people say it was kind of like would have been more popular with audiences to be able to just have like you know not to have another like I spit on your grave or last like last house on the left um kind of thing where that's a you don't want to alienate too much of your audience. So it's it's interesting that they made that choice to take it away from that. There's also all this other stuff, like, you know, after, like, in assaulting her, he mm-hmm. discovers that she's intersex. And, like, there's, so there's, like, that kind of leads to, like, the killing, too, because it's kind of, like, about, I don't know, like, <laughs> all this stuff that this doctor is <laughs> going through, the rage he yeah. feels for her, um, but also, like, not... Like, about, like, his identity, like, having done that, not in, like, a retribution type of way, like, I feel bad about that, but in that, like, oh, like, the person I violated was intersex, and that's gross, Ugh. you know, it's more, it's a lot more, right. like, stigma around her. He infects her with, he has smallpox, so when he oh, assaults geez. her, he infects her with smallpox, and that's why her technokinesis becomes a virus, because he infected her with a virus so in her rage that's why it gets copied onto a tape and because she can't reproduce um like she doesn't have a uterus because she's intersex she can only reproduce through the reproduction of the tape and like it's like this weird it's like there's so much so much more stuff going on in the book yeah but with with that backstory it's Weird, like you know, when you think about like, I guess we the, when you watch the movie, you don't really need to know like why it turned into this virus, like because of the smallpox thing. Like it still translates really well, but but as far as like the motive of the ghost, you know, there's a lot more right. like sadness attached to it. I still think it's really sad, like when you're watching, I still feel sad for, I guess Sadako more than Samara. But yeah, it's like, it's weird that there's like all this other, all this other stuff that they took out. And then also like the main character is a guy and he has like a daughter and a wife rather than being like a woman with like a son and an ex-husband or in the American one, not an ex-husband, but like a father who's not there kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. there's also like the gender role switch, which I think is just about like how horror films always kind of have like this leading lady like type of yeah vibe but yeah it was an interesting like there's all this like gender stuff that's like switched around and because it's more of like a thrillery like who like uh uncovering the mystery like he's this guy uncovering the mystery Mm -hmm. whereas like this movie is a lot i at least i think especially with naomi watts's like performance is like a lot about like motherhood and stuff like that you know because she like her son accidentally sees the tape so it's like she's not protecting her son the way she should have because she works and she's a single mom and all this stuff like there's always those little like nuances in horror too that's also mothers in horror
0: yeah I just want to say that is like I think one of the best oh shit moments in any movie yes where it's her scream (laughs) no And you're just like, oh, yeah. The
1: stream and she covers his eyes. Yeah, I I love that moment. Um, I love it in the Japanese one too, but it's it's a lot more effective, I think, actually, in the American one than the Japanese one. Um, but I think that's just because Naomi Watts is is wonderful, (laughs) just the way she does.
0: Yeah, it's just so great. And I just love how the little boy is basically an independent four foot tall man, (laughs) like.
1: Yeah, like he, so he is weird. a child,
0: but he he dresses and like he he dresses himself in a suit. He's making himself breakfast. He's like, Rachel, I'm going to work. I'm like, damn, this like eight year old's more independent <laughs> than I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's um pretty prevalent too. In like the the Japanese one, like she comes home from work and he's like dressed and he's like, I laid out your clothes for you too, mom. Yeah, and stuff and. Uh, you know, it's kind of, like, about, like, the, uh, the fact that his father is absent, so, like, he kind of has to, and his mom works, and all that stuff, so, so he kind of has to, like, figure things out himself. Uh. But, yeah, he's so weird, though. I was... I love him. <laughs> my boyfriend and I had watched some of the scary movie, uh, movies mm-hmm. recently.
0: jendy And TV third like one. Me.
1: Yeah, the third one. <laughs> I That one's, like, my favorite. Like, they're all dumb and whatever, but... The third one is so funny because I was like you know this kid is like creepy and he's like spoofing the creepy kid from the ring but like the kid in the ring is still creepier. (laughs) He's the way he like calls her Rachel and like all this stuff and he's just like the way he talks is so ominous. It's so it's so funny and I know it's like shouldn't be funny but it's so funny (laughs) to me because it's like even in a spoof of this kid's character like this this Oof is not even as creepy as this kid is. <laughs> right. His little haircut. <laughs> I don't know. He's just
0: creepy. But I think it's another thing, too. We job. also had
1: this, like, creepy kid, like, in the early 2000s. We had also, like, this creepy kid thing going on, too. Oh,
0: because of the Sixth um, Sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know, creepy, yeah. I know creepy kids were around before the Sixth Sense, but they were, like, far more abundant after.
1: Yeah, he has, like, the kid in the ring has the same kind of vibe. Like, he almost... Yeah because he like see he kind of has it's hinted at that he also has like some sort of like clairvoyance and that's why he's seen he knows about the girl you know and in the well and stuff and but yeah so he he has this kind of like icy dead people like vibe to him and it's just it's funny but yeah no he's but he's cute poor little dude uh
0: like i said show one
1: of his friends the tape now
0: <laughs> oh no. Uh like I said earlier, it's been a little bit since I've seen the Japanese version, so it's not as fresh, and I've only seen the Japanese version once whereas I've seen the American version a, a lot more than once. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I remember specifically, unless my memory is wrong, don't share too many of the same visuals. Um the plots are almost identical, but visually they're pretty different movies, except I I just remember there's a shot of the boy walking to school in the rain and then he sees his dad but we don't know it's his dad yet and they just kind of stare at each other and I feel like it was shot for shot in both versions.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because in the American one, like Noah is like not like I didn't really get the impression that he was really present at all and like because there's that moment too where they're in the car and he says something Mm -hmm. about like oh your mom and I were young he's like yeah mom told me that story you know so he's like very much like he like kind of know he like knows Noah's his dad but like obviously they don't have like he wasn't there or anything in the Japanese one it's like implied that they're divorced so he was at some point around I guess And then even when she, when he dies, when she comes to his apartment um, and the cops or whatever are there and cause, and they're like, oh, they like, you can't go in. And she's like, I'm his wife. And then they're like, oh, well, they took the body already, you know, whatever. So it's like, interesting. There's a little bit more of like a, there's not still not a lot of interaction between the son and the dad, but Mm -hmm. it's implied like that they, they were married and now divorced, but then. In this one, he's just kind of like, oops, we were young. I don't know, you know? So there's a little, right. little difference. But I think, I think too, that, like, if you watch Hideo Nakata's other movie, Dark Water, it's, like, the same kind of thing. It's, like, a, a mom mm-hmm. and her daughter, like, trying to learn how to live life now, having now separated. So I think maybe there's just a little bit more, a little bit more, like, background when it comes to, like, the portrayal of, like, mothers in Mm -hmm. in movies like i think it's very common in our movies to just have like a single mom kind of I, i don't know maybe if it's because of the ring that i've seen in other movies where there's kind of like this like oh i've always known you were my dad story going on whereas like a lot of the some of the films especially from this director specifically in japanese movies that there's like this portrayal of like the hardships of like recent separation um yeah but I don't know if that's like because of like cultural things or like the way you know like when you think about like differences in like marriage and gender roles and stuff like that like I don't know if that's one thing that was kind of kind of specifically Japanese and that's why it was kind of like adapted differently for American cinema but I find it really interesting because it's like there's so much going on in Dark Water that's like kind of similar to The Ring so he obviously has like a a thing for portraying like recently divorced women or you know like he that's it's a concept that's interesting to him
0: that's cool I gotta check out Dark Water because I've not seen it
1: have you heard of I know it was really popular because of the Netflix documentary like the Cecil Hotel Elisa Lamb death
0: no oh
1: oh you you are teaching me today (laughs) there's a very popular Because, I mean, I had heard about it before because it was something that, like, my sister and I would watch. Like, we would watch, like, the security cam footage of we just love watching like weird stuff, I guess because we're into true crime stuff, like watching like videos of things, like weird, strange things caught on camera and stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I remember having seen this footage a while ago. But then during the horrible thing that ruined everyone's lives last couple years, Netflix pumped mm-hmm. out a few documentaries. So they had this big um, docu series about um, the Cecil Hotel. Um, and the disappearance of Elisa Lamb. and the Cecil Hotel is very like infamous in LA mm-hmm. because um, a lot of stuff has happened there. And I think I think that's where like Richard Ramirez had stayed there one night after. Oh. Like, one of his killings it's it's like a very infamous hotel
0: i do know who that and, is and
1: <laughs> yeah um but this girl she had stayed um there and then there's like this weird camera footage she's like in the camera or in the in the elevator scared like she's like standing in weird places in the elevator and looking out looking like she's talking to people but like hallway footage shows that there's no one there like there's just like really it's like really eerie uncanny elevator Uh, security camera footage but she had been gone for a little bit and then people started complaining about the water in the hotel they eventually found her her body in the water container on the roof of the hotel but it had been sealed behind her i believe or there's actually debate about that because there's a lot of different footage of like crime scene footage and then like interviews and who says like they found it with the latch open and someone found it with the latch closed and and stuff like that which is why there's so much conspiracy about her death um and uh, and what happened she's just you know had a a break like a mental break or something like that or i don't know it's a very convoluted have to watch the documentary (laughs) there's a lot like i know i just told you like obviously what happens but like there's so many conspiracies about what happened but the main thing is that like you know people were showering or brushing their teeth Ooh. with the water and they're like oh this i is, can't i yeah, can't deal but with very oh my interesting goodness. yeah but all i'll say about dark water is that it shares a lot of similarities to to that case okay so, but it came out in like 2002 or something like 10 years before Elisa Lamb land disappeared so it's it's weird it's one of those things like that's part of the why people oh. have conspiracies about it because they're like oh did, have you seen this movie where this thing happens, isn't this kind of like this? So it helps feed the conspiracy theories. It's just a coincidence, you know, in right. my opinion. But but it's weird, and there's like, but yeah, it's another sad, rainy Japanese movie, haunted ghost girl stuff like that. If you're if you like The Ring, and if you watch The Grudge, and you like The Grudge. Um, I'm sure you'll like, even just off based off The Ring. I'm sure you would like Dark Water. It's very slow. It's like sad, like kind of like the or like the, obviously the original ring, a lot more of like drama and mm-hmm. sadness and piano music and that kind of stuff.
0: Well, that's something I really want to check out, because something I want to do is expand my knowledge of foreign cinema. I feel like I'm very yes. good at American films. I went to college for films, so I watched a lot of foreign films mm-hmm. there. Mm -hmm. and then I stopped I'm like why did I do that I need to get back into it Japanese cinema is one I have a very big blind spot in and it's one I'd like to explore more because off the top of my head I've only seen seven samurai so like one Kurosawa film I've only seen Mm. one I've seen both rings I've seen Audition
1: Ooh, love Audition
0: that's a movie, <laughs> <And
1: I've, laughs> yeah it's, it's a movie
0: i've and I've seen uh most of the Godzilla films but well, other than that. I, mean, I don't know too much about Japanese cinema, and I'd like to know a lot more.
1: yeah, I would recommend obviously, like Grudge and Dark Water are some of my favorites, but also like pulse uh um, okay, I think it's also two thousand two. I will admit it really loses me in like the last act it's really long and the the Mm -hmm. really effective scare. once it like it goes through it's really effective scares then the rest of it is very slow however there's a lot being said in this movie um it's another like techno fear of technology it's like inspired by i don't want to say unexplained deaths but there are a lot of deaths surrounding like uh, isolation from like being on the internet people who Mm -hmm. like weren't discovered after like their bodies weren't discovered after a long time because they were just really lonely people sitting on the internet I don't know yeah it's really interesting so it's kind of about the like I don't want to say the evils of you know like Thomas Edison was a witch you know (laughs) but like the evils of technology
0: or the dark side, the dark side, Life. the isolation yeah. that
1: comes with, um, this new internet craze. Cause it's really new. Like the guy doesn't know, like, doesn't even have like a computer or something, you know, it's like very the oh, wow. like, beginning of the internet, but some really, really good scares. It's another one of those, like leaving a stain on the earth when you die. Cause you're so sad or lonely and like a literal stain. <laughs> and then also there's some like, Um, There's a scene that's really, like, uncanny, and that's what makes it really creepy, which is something about the Japanese ring that I really love, too, is that, you know, the scene when she comes out of the TV at the end, kills the, like, boyfriend-husband, respectively? In the Japanese one, she was filmed doing that backwards. So she is walking backwards, and then in the movie, they reverse the footage, so it has a lot more of an uncanny, you know, like lynching where it's like she's the way she's moving is very odd. Not because in the American one, they edit her to make her look like she's like glitching out. And then, she, yeah. you know, but because she's walking backwards when they filmed it and then they played it backwards. So, she, you know, so her movement is very different. It's like those like subtle things about that. I really love and and just maybe, one thing. Yeah. Recommendation. Uh Um, If you go to like Horror Spiria podcast, there's a recent episode that Horror Spiria did with uh, my friend Amber guesting just about Japanese horror. So just like a personal recommendation, like check out that episode. Like they kind of go through like big pillars of Japanese cinema, like some of the movies we're talking about and like Haosu and um, my friend Amber lived in Japan.
0: uh, Oh, that's cool. For a
1: little while. Um, And she's very well versed in Japanese uh, horror too. So she has like a good, good insight. Um, But they also kind of go over like the history too. And I like that you mentioned Godzilla because they kind of talked about like the way, because obviously Godzilla is kind of like about like national trauma from... (laughs) You yeah know, being a-bombed so they kind of talk about how like even though the movies aren't about like this big nuclear monster like you just feel like all Japanese cinema has like this inherent sadness that just feels like it's like this leftover grief that like Jap- Japan is still going through after that so it was a really interesting conversation they had like that you know even though none of these movies are about a Godzilla there's still this like you can just feel like this sadness in Japanese cinema. Um, and also maybe that's why there's a, a a trend in the fear of technology because what technology brought was an A-bomb. So, right. so yeah, so I would just like, you know, like an aside, like if you want to like get some recommendations, I would check out, it's like Suspiria, but horror, horror Spiria. Um, oh, cool. That's a good, yeah. So just like- if you want to like look for recommendations, a recommendation. so very good, very good podcast to listen to.
0: Thanks. Um, I'm definitely gonna look into that because that's one. That's Japanese cinema is one I really wanna from all over the world. I wanna get into, but for me right now, I wanna get get into more Mexican cinema um, because Ooh, I'm Mexican American. Yeah. I identify more with the American cinema, so I'm like I wanna watch Mexican films that aren't like you know, cartel movies, and those aren't really Mexican films, but those are American films with Mexicans in them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I follow a couple, um, I think, Mexican-American, like, up-and-coming kind of filmmakers. Um, Yeah. I still haven't watched their films, but yeah, it would be interesting to kind of look at, like, actual Mexican cinema. I don't know what's out there, but it'd be interesting to see, like, what, like, Mexican horror there is. Oh, especially because yeah. like it's not Mexican, but there was a recent um I think Guatemalan, um, a recent like La Llorona film. Oh, I watched that, that one came out. Yeah. It so was, it's like it you was know, on getting Shutter. some more yeah. Latin American. Yeah, l- some more Latin American perspective. So it'd be cool to see like some some Mexican movies. Like I don't know if I've ever watched a Mexican film, you know? And, Which and, is sad, you know? You need to and, broaden the and, horizons.
0: And it's sadder for me to say that because I'm actually Mexican-Americans, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so I'll watch a lot of films by Mexican, or Mexican-American filmmakers, like Inarritu, um, Del Toro, Robert Rodriguez, Alfonso Cuaron, but I'm watching American movies, if that makes sense. So it's like Del Toro, right. Mexican-American filmmaker, but I've seen Pan's Labyrinth and, um, Pacific Rim, Nightmare Alley. Um,
1: yeah, Hellboy. like I still haven't watched Devil's Backbone and stuff, which is, right. you know, yeah. So it's like, even though I'm watching, I love him so much, but still the movies I've only watched were his American produced films.
0: So Exa- yeah. So and I'm, I'm the same that. way. Yeah. And like Robert Rodriguez is one of my favorite filmmakers. and He's all Mexican up in his films. It's part of his style <laughs> and what makes him great. But those are... American movies you know Um, I think yeah, El Mariachi and, you know, is like the production... most Mexican yeah
1: oh yeah yeah like production companies always have too like I guess maybe it just depends like maybe not so much anymore but at least like earlier I know with like Guillermo del Toro he had a lot of back and forth when it when he had his like American cinema like debut like issues with production companies and you know, like, w- what kind of box they want to put you in. I think now, right. with the recent, like, rena- like, almost like a renaissance of horror movies, we're getting a lot more, like, producers just, like, out giving money to filmmakers because they want them to create the movies they make, not, like, production companies, like, being like, I will only give you money if you make the movie I want you to make. So, yeah, so it's like, you know, what, obviously watching, like, an American film, even if it is, like... Like, obviously, the American grudge is different than the Japanese grudge. Even though they're the same director, right. one is an American film, you know?
0: And um, this isn't a horror movie, but Martin Scorsese's The Departed is a mm. remake of a, I think it's a Japanese film. Might be Chinese. It- it's definitely from that Asian, from, the, from Asia but I now yes. I thought it was Japanese, but now I'm second guessing myself. Maybe it was Chinese or Korean. I don't remember, <laughs> but it's something I, I would really like to expand my horizons. Most on. definitely.
1: Yeah. I, I love foreign cinema or international cinema. Um, really yeah. like, I like to, you know, I like to say that I do. I love trying to support um, especially when it comes to like movies I know have remakes. I like, you know watching the original ones but but yeah it, it also sucks with like distribution stuff too like there's a lot of films that like I might not even have heard of because they weren't promoted or they weren't ever purchased by someone who um distributed them in the United States and stuff like that so yeah so it's always fun like finding online horror friends and fans who like have different like you know different horror knowledge and stuff but yeah. yeah that's why i'm really excited about incantation that just came on netflix just because like i know it says netflix film when you like click on it but like it was a successful taiwanese film that then netflix purchased so that they could distribute it and put it on netflix so it's like an authentically like taiwanese film so I'm really excited that like that's a film like I I had heard about because I had a friend who it was like on their radar and they had no idea if they were ever going to be able to watch it, like if it would be accessible. So like I knew that that was like happening and I found out about when they purchased it. So it like made me excited that they're like starting to purchase films like international films that I otherwise would have never heard of or anything like that. So like I'm hopeful That we're gonna get some more especially Taiwanese too like Mm. that's not a place where we get a lot of cinema coming out so like it's cool to find you know like everyone knows the rings and the grudges and you know everyone knows like the French you know new extremity but like you know I've only seen maybe like two Taiwanese films or like one Guatemalan film and or even you know like some there's some recent like Thai movies that I've seen, you know, so it's cool to get some like from places we don't usually get to see
0: exactly, yeah. And like I'm looking at my little criterion collection because I have a few of those discs, and all but one of them is American mm. mm-hmm. and and the one that's not American is the original Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Which so.
1: Is it? Good choice. We love some Godzilla. But yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah. Time to broaden the horizons. Yeah, I only have two I Criterion agree.
0: discs, but
1: because I've only started, recently started.
0: It's a Samara's videotape. That's, that's the one thing I probably won't pick up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've thought, I've been thinking about like how much I wish I could just like record or like, you know, like copy the movie or something on a VHS and like put the unmarked VHS some on some shelf somewhere, but then oh. I'm like we we don't even have VHS players. And then like even if I like put some unmarked DVD somewhere, you can't really do that. I miss a uh, I know Blockbuster tweeted a little we're back from the dead thing recently, so I'm a little little uh, speculative of whether or not Blockbuster is making a a comeback, but uh you know think about the fact that you used to be able to go like rent and like what if you put the like a different copy like imagine how like n- I mean not fun because you just spent money on a rental but how like <laughs> fun it would be if you like rented a di- like a dvd or like a vhs and you open it and it's like some mysterious unmarked vhs tape that's not the movie you rented you know something like that like you know I would love to do a little little ring prank of some unmarked piece of physical media somewhere but that would not happen because no one would pick it up because people don't collect them now
0: <laughs> right you like in order to prank someone you would have to like put that disc and like hide it in like a minions or <laughs> or something and yeah, like a little
1: frozen case or something.
0: <laughs> as funny as that would be, you probably fucked up that child for life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's not a nice thing to do. I do have a um, a copy of Sleepy Hollow that was recorded onto a VHS tape and then put in one of those blank sleeves, so it just yeah. has Sleepy Hollow sharpie down the spine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun that's a cute little thing on my on my shelf it would be really cool if it was the ring because it would be on brand but yeah right. but that's fun it's a fun little like or some of my I have a VHS of Blair Witch Project and Blair Witch Project 2 and both of them Ooh. still have like the blockbuster tape on the side of them the like please rewind <laughs> so those are fun little like time capsule things like oh remember when you could just record like what was on the TV onto the VHS? That's cool. Or like, remember when you had to rewind the tape before you brought it back to Blockbuster?
0: That's <laughs> oh, what I are... like. That's
1: why I like having the little physical media collection.
0: My last question is the titular question of the show if you were to accidentally watch the Samara disc or VHS I should say, would you die?
1: I think absolutely yes. I have no chance, first of all, because I'm a little weird gremlin who would have, you know, like, let's say maybe like the, the Rings sequel tries to bring it a little more digital um, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I, even if it was back, you know, in the little VHS era, I 100% if someone was like, hey, have you heard of this cursed videotape? I would have been like, why aren't we watching it right now? Because... That's who I am. (laughs) So I most definitely would have got got because I would have (laughs) immediately consumed this media that I, even having been told it would kill me, I would watch it because I would be like, dude, this is cool, but also like, I'm fine. I'm not going to die. But also I never would have figured out any of the clues on that tape. (laughs) I'd be done. I'd be done. (laughs)
0: i feel that i think this is one of the rare scenarios where i would live i i normally say i would die because it's (laughs) it's the point of the show i like i like saying that i think i could survive samara because okay there is no way i'm watching that film at least alone (laughs) and that's true i definitely
1: wouldn't be alone
0: and for a multitude of reasons First off, if you were to tell me, hey, watch this cursed videotape, I'd be like, what? No, because <laughs> I am like a Mexican-American, grew up Catholic. I don't mess with the superstition. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> so it is. Nope. A, it, exactly. Ex- I am a nope type of person. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was in marching band. I was hanging out being a hooligan a little bit not too often I was in marching band I was a good kid but I remember <laughs> I was ex- I was exploring with some of my friends and there was like this creepy area some of us were like hey you want to explore and I just remember distinctly being like nope I'm going to go the other way
1: <laughs> <laughs> No yeah I am I am the stereotypical like the the white girl in the movie who's gonna die like i am the cold open of whatever horror movie there is i'd love to think that i would live because i'm a horror fan and i think i know all the rules and all that but i 100 like especially as a kid dude mm-hmm. if one of my friends was like oh i have a ouija board i'd be like Just get that shit out right now we're doing it you know like i was i'm i was such a little like thrill seeker that and also being raised atheist you know like I would have Mm -hmm. been like well it's not really I mean I was always you know the fox molder the like I want to believe you know kid I was like dying for something to haunt me or for an alien to see an alien I was dying for something to prove me like wrong (laughs) I was like such a weird kid I wanted so bad for proof of the supernatural. So I most definitely would have been like, yeah, we're watching this tape and, and I would die.
0: And I was the exact opposite. I would take your word <laughs> face value. It would be like this tape's haunted. Want to watch it? And it's just like, no, I believe you. You don't need to show me. I, I ain't arguing. Oh, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, maybe, maybe now, <laughs> like maybe right now, I wouldn't have been so keen. <laughs> to watch it but i still but at the same time knowing how i am like i like i'm one of those like most disturbing film list and then like watch all of the films on the list kind of person that i feel like i still would have been like oh yeah weird videotape let's watch it <laughs> like i'd like the- to think i'm smarter <laughs> than that but i think i i think it would get me
0: the other reason why i think i would live and i just know myself way too well let's say i got past the nope stage and I actually had the VHS tape. I would sit on that tape for so long until I forgot that I even had it. And I, I just wouldn't <laughs> yeah, just watch, not it. watch
1: it. Yeah, I forgot to watch it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, and it's just give, it, like,
1: give it to me for like homework or something. Then I'd forget to watch it.
0: <laughs> and it's like, if I'm borrowing something, I'm so bad if I'm borrowing something. I don't know why, but it's just like, <laughs> I'll borrow your weird Japanese experimental murder film. I'm going to put on Jurassic park instead.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Like, I'm yeah, I'm, of-
1: I'm like that with my own watch list. Like I have a huge watch <laughs> list of movies I need to watch. And I'm like, um, watch final destination again. Okay. It, that's <laughs>
0: how I am. That is how I am. Like, I love rewatching movies. It's me too. It's h- hard for me to be at home and pick a movie that I haven't seen because yes. I'm just like I could watch one of the thousands of movies I really want to watch for the first time. I bet I would love
1: my attention but, span too. But, I think but it's Star that Wars sometimes like okay <laughs> if this is, if this is a new movie I'm gonna have to pay attention. Right. Like, I don't know if I can devote that time. Like obviously I love watching movies, so like I do love. You know sitting down and watch a movie but sometimes i'm like i don't know if i can give that much of my undivided attention so i won't watch it because i know that i want to be completely in the film when i'm watching it so then there's so many movies that i just keep putting off because i'm like i don't know if i have the mental capacity for that or and it's also you know what i would do i would probably put on the yeah. tape and then i'd look at my phone so technically <laughs> i didn't really watch the tape i'm looking on twitter I'm looking on see? letterbox to see if anyone reviewed the tape first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I watched this tape and I got a weird call after. I don't know. Wasn't the vibe. One out of uh, two out of five stars. Appreciated <laughs> the because production value. Seven
1: days ago. I wonder if they've watched anything since. Hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I would survive. And if I were to watch the tape, I just have a feeling I'd watch it with other people. And I feel like within seven days. Someone would figure it out. Yeah, within seven days, someone would figure it out. Probably not me. I'm not much of a detective. I I would never claim (laughs) to be a detective. I I just feel like someone in my friend group would figure it out. And I have no problems passing the chain letter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, get enough film nerds in the room and we'll all dissect and analyze this little little avant-garde art film Sadako made. Exactly. Someone will figure it out.
0: <laughs> and I, I'd give some good notes, I think. I just want to give a quick shout out to, I hope I don't butcher his name because I really like him, Yoki Sanada. He mm. plays the husband, dad in the Japanese ring.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: really good. And I swear, I've been seeing him everywhere. I watched the Japanese ring, I want to say, like January of 2021. Is when I watched it and then I saw him and it's because he had two American movies come out like right after I watched that movie for the first time. It was uh, Mortal Kombat where he plays Scorpion, who's my favorite Mortal Kombat character. And then I saw him immediately after in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And then I realized he's in Avengers Endgame. So I'm like, I was wondering
1: why he looked familiar, but I didn't like actually piece it together
0: for some reason. Oh, so oh my gosh. And like, he's going to be in the bullet train movie that's coming out. And I really want to see that because I really like a lot of the people in that cast. And I saw him in the trailer for uh, John Wick chapter four.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. He's getting, he's getting the work in. Wow, I would and, I don't know why I did not connect that at all. But yeah. And good for now, him.
0: Now whenever I see him, I'm I'm always like, oh, Scorpion, he's in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> um and I just oh, I, I just that. think I love, it's really cool.
1: No, yeah, that is I love when I see like actors and stuff like that. Like I finding them in other, you know, breaking you know, breaking it in their career. Like I love making those little connections. It's
0: fun and he's 61 and he's kicking ass like what? he's 61 yet he's playing roles where like like in avengers end game he's doing a samurai fight with hawkeye and, yeah. and scorpion obviously scorpion's a very demand physically demanding role <laughs> yeah well wow like really good for him <laughs> like yeah and he's that. gonna be in a john wick movie where he's kicking ass yeah
1: you know like, there's gonna be some kicking butt in that one
0: so i i just needed to i don't know the next time i'll get to talk about the ring on this podcast so i'm like i gotta shout out him because he is eating right now he is it's awesome
1: yeah i'm glad you said something because for some reason it, it did not put usually i'm like the person in the room you know like that that kind of meme where it's like <laughs> I'm the person in the room like telling everyone where we've seen every actor before, you know. So usually I'm like really like on that because that's, that's one of my favorite things to do is like piece together like where I've seen everyone from. But for some reason I just didn't. So yeah, thank you for that. Cause now I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye out for him with all that other stuff he's got coming out.
0: You were doing a really awesome job kind of explaining the differences between Sadako's tragic story in the Japanese film and more so in the book where she's kind of like a spirit through intense pain and sadness kind of comes back to do harm Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and earlier we were talking about Samara making connections between Samara and Mikey Mai Mai and Jaws and but with Sadako I made I made the instant connection to Candyman
1: oh yeah yeah that's like a revenge he's in a way especially in like the original i would say he's very much like the concept of like someone coming back with vengeance because like of the intense tragedy that caused their death you know
0: yeah that's well even in the new one like each of the candy men i guess um they all have yeah. that tragic ending or tr- yeah tragic death that none of them deserved.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, you know, something interesting. Cause it's like a, I, one of the reasons I really love this movie because it's like an, it's, mm-hmm. it's like an urban legend. It's like Bloody Mary, which is like what Candyman is. It's like, this, yeah. which again is part of the way it like implicates people in the spreading like you have to show someone the tape like you have to tell someone about candy man you have to tell someone right. um like dare someone to go do bloody mary in their bathroom there's all these like and- urban legends where it's like we have a part in it because we are what keeps the legend alive because we are the ones spreading it
0: and that's another instance where i was like nope because Because I I did not see Candyman until a few years ago, but I've always known about Candyman because when you grow up and when we grew up, you know about Candyman. Mm -hmm. We've grown up with Candyman. He just he's a whisper in the classroom (laughs) to steal his line. But I remember other kids being like, hey, we're going to go play. We're going to go say Candyman. And I'm just like, nope i i still don't yeah i i don't mess with i know yeah, it's a like movie. With bloody mary, i know it's fiction yeah and i don't do it
1: <laughs> yeah like i i think yeah i think like bloody mary and stuff like that i think i definitely was a little too chicken for i think i might have done it once but i was like as soon as i said it like the last time my hand was already turning the doorknob to get out of the bathroom, you know, <laughs> where you, you know <laughs> yeah. you're not staying to actually see anything. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I don't think yeah, we're a lot more of an active part in the summoning. I'm like, mm, right. I don't know about that. Like, yeah,
0: no, yeah. That's a good connection. I love that. And it's interesting because culturally they're extremely different. Like Small dressed in white Japanese girl, as opposed to tall black man with a hook and a trench coat, or like a big fur coat, depending on the version. They are Mm -hmm. so aesthetically and culturally different, yet they're urban legend. They are souls that were unfairly just tortured, you know, Mm -hmm. and killed unjustly, and their spirits come back to take revenge. And to cause harm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they're very um, similar. Like I
1: know the her white um dress, like I said, I think is it's very specific to like um the way ghosts are seen too, because like in it's kind of it kind of emulates like the um burial like kimonos like that people mm-hmm. would be buried in um in a certain period and like so like the white dress and like that's why like the long black hair because I think like culturally like a lot of women would keep their hair up and then like their hair would always be like down in burial and so it's like kind of that's like why that's all kind of like keyed into like her appearance um but it's interesting too because like when you think of like white like I also think of like there's like there's a lot of lady in white urban legends like kind of like like La Llorona and stuff like that there's always like these like ghost women in white or like like crying women um like there's a supernatural episode about that too like there's so many like so many regional urban legends about like women sad women (laughs) like leading (laughs) you to your doom you know like in white like or in wedding dresses and like stuff like that so I think that's like kind of a cool like some, like there's all these urban legends like that are always about like someone wronged.
0: I would have never made that connection before today without this conversation. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> this has been so much fun. Where can the peeps find you on like the TikToks and the socials? Do you have anything to plug?
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, like TikTok, uh, Twitter, I, I share a lot of like random thoughts and you know, interact with a lot of share a lot of fun stuff. Um, but yeah, like TikTok, Twitter, um, also my my letterbox, they're all just under horror helion. And then my Instagram is the horror helion. Um, so that's how you can find all my stuff. Um actually in a couple days, I do have um, an article in a zine, hear us zine, uh coming out. Um, So if you follow me on like Twitter or anything, I'll probably be sharing some of that stuff. But it's like a summertime horror zine. My article is like pulling a little twist uh, to (laughs) it's a it's like I wanted to do something because it's all about summer horror. I wanted to do something that most people wouldn't think of. So my article is about the unexpected environmentalism in the ruins. Um, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but fun movie. Um, It doesn't like actually really have an environmental like message, but I I like I like finding uh themes and stuff that you wouldn't normally think about in certain movies. So that was fun. And then um like I mentioned earlier, I have a personal essay about the use of ballet in horror and my own relationship to that representation as someone who's been a ballet dancer my whole life. It will be coming out Hopefully within the next few weeks or sometime in August um, on Beauty of Horror, uh, which you can find like on Twitter. But like I said, if anyone follows me on anything, I'll probably be plugging it on literally everything. But yeah, so that's all I got going on for me.
0: But yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much for asking me on. Like I I, I love like... (laughs) Each podcast I guest on, I'm like, I just love it. Like I'll just talk forever, but I'm <laughs> very glad. I'm honored that people would even ask me to be on. So thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks once again to my friend Vanna for talking to me with about Samara. This was originally like a really, really long, about a four hour conversation, which I did split into two. So I think I'll have her on the show again. She was a lot of fun to talk to. And I always love talking about Samara because the ring is amazing. Since the last episode of the podcast, I directed my next horror short. I'm not gonna say too much about it, but the shoot went really well, had a lot of fun, and it should be a short, nasty little piece that um, I'm really excited for everyone to see. So hopefully that'll be out in a few months. Had a lot of fun making that. As far as I know what you watched last week, I didn't watch too many movies because I was, you know, making one. Um, I did end up seeing Bullet Train. As I mentioned in the podcast earlier, I loved it. That movie was right up my alley. I rewatched Duel and Duel is always great. Very early Spielberg, pre-Jaws. And while editing this episode, I had, I rewatched Carrie which is an iconic film yeah that's a carrie's great so next week we're going to be talking about the babadook bringing back that icon but with a different guest who you have not heard yet so that'll be exciting but if you like what you heard please rate share and subscribe you can find the show's social media on twitter facebook and instagram at would you die show you can find the would you die youtube show on three wise men media youtube channel where you can find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear at the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. Tune in next week when we talk about The Babadook. Until then, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.